This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. All right, welcome back to Scissors and Scrubs, new members of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network. Yes. I'm Nicole. I'm Laura. And May is Cystic Fibrosis Month, is it not? It is. It is. And we also had a reader um, send in an email mm-hmm. a while ago that um, we had briefly talked talked about CF and we didn't like, elaborate on it. Well, we kind of just brushed it over as right. like a lung disease. Right. It's not a lung disease, it's but it's so, so in-depth that it, that's right. what we were saying So here that. is our makeup apology yes. to her for having just brushed over it. Mm-hmm. We're going to dedicate half of this episode to cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. And we covered with it cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. Because as a child, people would say CPCF, and I knew, never knew what the difference yeah. was. So I figured we'd cover them both. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to do cerebral, cerebral, cerebral palsy mm-hmm. first. Because it's um, the focus is really on cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. I will say one of my favorite things about this ep- this podcast is that when I do the research, I learn so much. I li- I say it all the time. I People like so we much. used to like. I'm like I like doing it because it's fun. I said, and then I literally learn something every right. single time. So I have a girlfriend who has a child who has uh, cerebral palsy. It was a birth issue, mm-hmm. like it was lack of oxygen during birth, and um. Her little girl went to school with my son. So I know a lot of the trials that mm-hmm. she's been through and a lot of the issues. And when I was doing the research on it, I'm like, oh, that's what she, she's had this done. Yeah. Oh, and that's why she had this done. Like yeah. it, everything's just started clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of this, I do want to cover some uh, agents, not agencies. She started a foundation that helps kids and she also has a company that helps. So I want to just brush mm-hmm. on those real quick. I wanted to bring her on for an interview, but... In typical fashion, I'm not organized enough mm-hmm. to have gotten us mm-hmm. together to get that done. Maybe down the road, because maybe one of the Mother's Day, because she, mm. I'm telling you, they're warriors. I hate to be that person. I'm like, they're warriors, but yeah. they're fucking warriors. Yeah. Her and her daughter, what they go through, I know without a doubt, I would be broken. Mm-hmm. And she's, the mother is stunning and sweet. And no matter how bad that day is, Mm-hmm. She looks at you with a smile. Yeah. Like, we only know it's a bad day because she wears a certain blue knit cap. Uh-huh. When the blue knit cap's on, you know it's not good. <laughs> and, if, like, we joke about it now. I'm like, you have to take that hat off. She's <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, cerebral palsy. Another way that I remember this is, um, remember the Facts of Life? Mm-hmm. Hmm? I used to watch the Facts of Life all I the time. Facts of Life. We had Blair and Tootie and mm-hmm. Natalie and Joe. I thought Joe was so fucking I cool. Joe. <laughs> Well, in between 1980 and 1984, they introduced a new character, Blair's cousin. Do you remember Blair's cousin, Jerry? No. Well, her cousin, Jerry, Tyler, was played by Jerry Jewell, who was an actress and a comedian with cerebral palsy. Yeah, right. She is the first person to appear on TV with a visible disability, and she had a recurring role on the primetime series um, from 1980 to 1984. She's also the first actor to be on TV with cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And she she had tics and she came in a certain way. And I remember being kind of shocked. Like, wow. She was hard to understand because mm-hmm. she kind of, you know, I feel bad because I think people with CP, they 
people write them off as stupid because it takes them longer to get the words out. Not because they're stupid or not because they don't know what they're talking about because their muscle tone isn't strong enough for them to talk as fast as we talk. Right. So you, if you pay attention and you take the time, you're going to be rewarded with Mm -hmm. probably somebody who's wonderful. All right. So what is cerebral palsy? Mm -hmm. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I correct because some people call it cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. I go with cerebral palsy or CP. It is a group of disorders that affect movement in muscle tone or posture. It's caused by damage that occurs to the immature brain as it develops or during birth. Mm -hmm. The effects of cerebral palsy can vary greatly among those affected. So, as you know, there are people with CP who you may not even know they have it. And there are others that are so severely debilitated, they can't walk, they Mm -hmm. can't talk, they can't do much. So the causes, you can have gene mutations, Mm -hmm. maternal infections affecting the developing fetus. Mm Sorry for my page flip. Um, fetal stroke or disruption of blood supply to the brain. Bleeding into the brain in the womb at, or, um, or as a newborn. like So as they're being born. Mm-hmm. Uh, infant infections causing inflammation around the brain. A traumatic head injury to an infant from an accident or a fall. Mm-hmm. Or lack of O2 related to delivery. So the risk factors for maternal health. The risk factors are certain infections or toxic exposures during pregnancy can increase the cause of CP to the baby, Mm -hmm. such as the cytomegalovirus, which comes out like a flu, but um, it's so much worse Mm -hmm. than a flu. Herpes. Herpes can pass between mom and child during pregnancy. It causes infections in the womb when that Mm -hmm. happens, and those infections can cause lacks of oxygen and et cetera, um, and cause problems to the baby. Syphilis, toxoplasmosis. Mm. Toxoplasmosis is why when you're pregnant, they tell you don't touch the kitty litter box because cats have this bacteria in their mouth that helps them break down bones on birds. And it is toxic to humans, Mm -hmm. also known as toxoplasmosis. So stay away from the litter boxes. The Zika virus can cause the fetus's head to be smaller than it should be. It's it's like a shrunken head. Yes. So then you're going to have lack of oxygen. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you have issues with infant illnesses that can cause it, such as bacteria or viral meningitis, mm. severe or untreated jaundice, or bleeding into the brain. Risk factors for it during birth. Breech babies are a big problem, especially if they are feet first. Mm-hmm. Low birth weight babies, babies that are under five pounds, have a high risk. Multiple babies, and this risk increases as I wrote, with the number of people renting the womb. <laughs> so if there's a lot of people renting that womb, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And if one or more of the babies dies, the risk of CP in the surviving baby goes up. Yeah. I don't know why, because it didn't really get into it, but that can be a problem. In preemies, babies born under 28 weeks um, have a very high risk for CP. Mm-hmm. Symptoms of cerebral palsy are all over the place. Yeah. So... Ataxia, which is a lack of muscle coordination when performing voluntary movements. Mm -hmm. Stiff or tight muscles and exaggerated movements, which is spasticity. Weakness in one or more arm or leg. Walking on... So, Brian and I were walking on the beach the other day. And this kid... Like, kids walk on their tippy toes. But this kid was walking for an extended period of time on their tippy toes. Mm -hmm. And I said to Brian, that's a sign of something wrong. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like... When kids walk on their tippy toes, there's something going on. They're supposed to walk heel-toe, heel-toe. So, walking on the toes or in a crouched gait or a scissor gait, mm-hmm. which I'm not really sure of the scissor gait. I'd have to see it. But that's a, a sign of um, cerebral palsy. 
variations in muscle tones from floppy too floppy to too stiff, excessive drooling or difficulties with speech and swallowing, shaking or random involuntary movements, delays in reaching motor skill milestones, and difficulty with my, my, uh, motor skills. So they have a very hard time buttoning their shirts. Mm-hmm. They have a very hard time holding pencils, things like that. And the symptoms, uh, they differ greatly among those affected with it. Some people may not even be aware they have it, while others may need extensive lifelong care. So I was looking up comedians with CP, mm-hmm. and Jerry Jewell came up. She was who I was looking for. And if you look at her, you know she has something going mm-hmm. on. But they brought up another comedian who has it. And if you were to look at him, you, you don't know, know he has it. Uh, there are types of um, CP. You have spastic cerebral palsy. These people are stiff. Um, they have really stiff muscles and awkward movements. And there are forms of spastic CP. Hmm. You have staph- spastic hemiplegia hemiparesis, which is one side of the body is affected. And these kids walk on their tippy toes because of their tight tendons. Mm-hmm. Um, the affected side and limbs can be shorter and thinner. They can have scoliosis. Seizures may be present. Uh, and you can see when I, when you say the legs are thinner, like they're thin. Yeah. They look like they're walking on little sticks. Um, then you can have spastic diplegia diaphoresis, which means um, basically the legs are affected. It mm-hmm. can go into the arms and face, but it's usually less severe. It's mainly the legs that are affected. The tightness in the legs make the legs and arm movements look like scissors. Uh, their intelligence and language skills are right on par. So they're not, they don't have any um, intellectual issues with this. Then you have spastic quadriplegia and quadriparesis. This is the most severe in form of CP, and it can go from moderate to severe intellectual disability. All the limbs are affected with severe stiffness, but the neck is floppy. So their Aww. arms and legs are really tight, but they can't hold their heads up. Mm-hmm. They're rarely able to speak, and if they do speak, they're very difficult to understand. Seizures can be frequent and very hard to control. They these All of these kids, unfortunately, suffer from seizures bad. Um, then the second form is dyskinetic CP. This is characterized by slow and uncontrolled writhing and jerking movements of the hands, feet, arms, and legs, hyperactivity in muscles or face, and they, they tend to make like um, grimacing. They grimace a mm-hmm. lot and they will drool. Uh, it's hard for them to sit straight or walk. They have problems hearing, speaking, and controlling their breathing. And their intelligence is really affected. So again, you look at these kids and you see so much going on with them and people like, they just write them off. They don't know what I'm talking about. They can't hear me. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the human race just tends to do that. Yeah. Like, you know, we were talking about somebody doesn't speak English, so we scream at them. Yeah. doesn't mean they can't hear me. They just can't speak English. Right. Or if they can't speak because they've had a stroke, you're yelling at them. He hears me fine, you know? Right. All right. So um, ataxic CP, which I just explained what ataxic mm-hmm. was, but I've forgotten what it means already. Um, it affects balance and depth perception. So they're going to have difficulty also with fine motor skills, poor coordination, and they walk unstable. And then you can have mixed type, which means the symptoms are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, to diagnose CP... If you are so, when you're in nursing school and you do your maternity rotation, you go through all the reflexes that kids have, and they're like, "Do this," and this, you know, if you hit this, the kid makes the C. If yeah. you do this, he does the fencing position. So there's a reason. There's things they're looking for when they do this. Mm-hmm. So if you're younger than six months, and I remember doing this as a kid, you 
you grab the baby by the arms and legs and you pull them up. Mm-hmm. When you do that, their head comes with them. Mm-hmm. If you are under six months old and you have CP and you go to do that, the head's going to fall back. It's going to lag behind the rest of them. They're in their body's going to feel really stiff, but the head's not moving with them. Mm-hmm. So that's, I was like, oh, that was one of the reflexes we're supposed to look yeah. at. And when you pick them up, the legs get really stiff or they scissor. Um, if you're older than six months, you're not rolling over in either direction at all, let alone when you're supposed to. Um, they can't bring their hands together. They have difficulty bringing their hands to their mouth. Um, the baby's only going to reach with one hand and they'll keep the other one really fisted and, and tight. Mm-hmm. If you're older than 10 months, they're going to crawl in a lopsided manner. Hmm. So they push off with one hand while dragging the other. And they can't stand even when you're holding on to them. Like, yeah. so if you're holding their arms for the support, they can't stand. So treatment, there's a tons and tons of treatment. And um, having known my girlfriend as long, her daughter basically has gone through every single one yeah. of these treatments. Uh, lots and lots of PT. As soon as they know this child has CP, you're involved in PT. Specific exercises can maintain and improve muscle strength. Special braces can help mobility and strengthen and stretch spastic muscles. Occupational therapy, making most of the child's mobility and help keep everyday activities like they're, they're working with them constantly, mm-hmm. how to feed themselves, how to dress themselves. Occupational therapies bring you back to your life skills, you yeah. know, and how to do all that stuff. Recreational therapy. So this is like, you know, painting and, and fun play for these kids. Mm-hmm. But recreational therapy, it helps expand physical and cognitive skills. And the parents of these kids who participate in this... They notice an improvement in a kid's speech, self-esteem, and emotional well-being when they partake in it because it makes them feel normal. Right. And I, I hate to use the word normal. It makes them feel like all the other kids. Yeah. Uh, you have speech and language therapies. You have oral medica- oral medica- <laughs> oral medications. Bingo. Mm-hmm. For muscle stiffness or overactive muscles. Botox. Yes. Lots and lots of Botox. So if you get Botox in your face, you get like, 20 to 30 units. If you get Botox for these kids, you're talking 300, 400 mm-hmm. units at a time. Um, that's for the overactive muscles. It it helps relax them. Mm-hmm. Baclofen pumps. I remember her going in for a Baclofen yeah. pump that it helps with muscle. It's a muscle relaxant that it will be, it's like an insulin pump. It's going to constantly put it out because they have such leg spasms. That's mm-hmm. awful. Orthopedic surgery. They go in for muscle lengthening in tendons. This poor girl's had both her legs reset and broken and muscle lengthening and tendon lengthening. It's just, this kid's been through the ringer. Um, And they can be staggered throughout the child's development. Because obviously, as your kid is growing, you're going to have to continue to lengthen the muscles and Mm -hmm. lengthen the tendons because they're growing. So uh, they're they're looking at things like stem cell therapy for them as well. They're they're hoping to repair damaged nerve and brain tissue with stem Stem therapy, but it's still very new. So they're getting into that. Um, they also face health challenges as they grow up. They can deal with premature aging because of the stress and strain the illness has put in their body. Mm-hmm. Depression. Mm-hmm. Because of the rate of depression, it's three to four times higher in people with disabilities, including CP. Mm-hmm. Uh, post-impairment syndrome, which is pain, weakness, fatigue because of the muscle overuse and the abnormalities. Mm-hmm. Osteo and degenerative arthritis. Uh, and secondary inter- uh, issues they deal with are hypertension, incontinence, bladder dysfunction, scoliosis, and risk of um, bone fractures because yes. of all the stress the muscles put on the bones. Yeah. 
prevention. There's not really prevention. Um, They have vaccines before pregnancy, so you're not getting German measles, which Mm -hmm. can increase the risk. Vaccines, you need to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself heading into pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Early continual prenatal care. Good child safety. Um, Don't let, you know, your boyfriend shake in baby syndrome. Avoid uh, alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. And even after all of this, there's still a risk because you don't know what's going to happen in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend, um, she had had clotting issues, I believe. I hope I'm getting this right, Nikki. And she had told them she thought something was going on with the pregnancy. She kept getting brushed off. She kept getting brushed off. She was clotting the placenta. Uh. And they found it just in time. So she and Stella, like I said, have been through all of this. But even with all this, this kid takes ballet lessons. Mm-hmm. She skis. Mm-hmm. She skis in like a... Um, like a gym. Like it's, yeah, it's like a toboggan almost yeah. with the third ski. I mean, videos of her going down Loom Mountain. I'm like, holy shit. This kid's yeah. something. You see her on the jungle gym. You, I mean, she, nothing mm-hmm. stops her. She's got a mother who's making sure nothing stops mm-hmm. this kid. So because some of the challenges she found was we live near the ocean. She couldn't get to the beach with the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So her father, I believe, is a mechanical engineer. He's an engineer of some sort. He developed this. They call it a buggy. And it's a wheelchair that's made out of like, it's got the big wheels. Mm -hmm. It's made out of PVC piping and netting. And she donates these to people who need them. So you can go in the pool with them. You can go in the beach with them. I mean, they're waterproof. So these kids are now able to go. You can go to water park with these buggies. You can go. It's freedom. Mm -hmm. So she started a foundation called the Stepping Stones for Stella. SSFS and they if you donate to them that's what the money is going to it's Mm -hmm. to build these buggies to send them out to kids who can't get to where every other kid can get Mm -hmm. to so it's nice to open that up for them she also started an organization called Be Free Mm -hmm. and they develop clothing because this is when Stella had both her hips broken and her legs length she's in a full body spiker cast Mm -hmm. and all she wanted to do was be covered she didn't want to be in just this cast so these pants zipper on both sides mm-hmm. so that you can get them on and off without having to pull them over anything. So mm-hmm. they're great for amputees, mm-hmm. vets, kids with these issues. Um, be free. If you need clothing, they're starting to show up in the hospital gift shops. Great, great organization on both of them. Stella, I love you. Nikki, you're amazing. Um, keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it over to you, Sparkles. All right. CF. 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 Not just a lung disease. No, it's not just a lung disease. Um, I got uh, most of this information from mayoclinic.org. I got mine as Mayo Dick. Well. Same, same website. Yeah. <laughs> um, so CF is cystic fibrosis. It is an inherited disorder that causes severe damage to lungs, the digestive system, and other organs. It affects the cells that produce mucus, sweat, and quote-unquote digestive juices. All these fluids are normally thin and slippery, but defective CF gene causes them to become sticky and thick. Instead of being lubricants, sweat, mucus, and quote-unquote juices plug up tubes, ducts, and passageways, especially in the lungs and the pancreas. It is a progressive disease. It doesn't get better. No. Um, Signs and symptoms. So now in the U.S., there's a newborn screening for CF. Um, because you're born with it. Right. So they screen you as a newborn. Immediately. Um, and signs and symptoms vary depending on each patient. And even in each patient, they vary. You could have times of severe symptoms and time of improvement in that you seem fine. 
Um, sometimes no, you'll have no signs until you're in your teens or adulthood. Wow. Yeah. But that usually means you have more mild Yeah, I would say symptoms. because, like, I mean, you see these kids going through treatment young. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have any signs till adulthood, it's something like you have bouts of pancreatitis, you have um, recurring pneumonias, you have infertility, but it's not the severe symptoms that we see right. with CF. Um, CFers have a high level of salt in their sweat, so parents will report tasting salt when they're kissing their kids. When I did the Munchausen, mm-hmm. I was listening to it again the other day, because I like to listen to our episodes <laughs> over again, and we were talking about they were testing the child for CF and the salt sweat test. Yeah. And how her, she was altering it, so the salt was through the charts, but yes, it was yeah. the salt test. I was like, huh. Yeah, so they say, like, when you pick up your kid, you know, you're giving your baby a kiss or whatever, all they taste is salt on them. Um, there's respiratory signs and symptoms. You have thick and sticky mucus, which clogs the tubes carrying oxygen in and out of the lungs. This can cause a persistent cough that produces thick sputum, <laughs> wheezing, exercise intolerance, repeated lung infections, inflamed nasal passages, stuffy nose, and recurrent sinusitis. There's digestive signs and symptoms because everything's thick, right? Like now right. every this... this what- does you, do you get into why they have it? Like, what's missing? Is it like amino acids or something they're missing? It's just a defective gene. All right. Um, well, that's all I went into. There's So you have these th- thick secretions that block the tubes that carry digestive enzymes from your pancreas to your small intestines. These enzymes are needed for your small intestines to completely absorb all the nutrients from your food. If that tube is blocked... You'll have foul-smelling, greasy stools. Ugh. I don't know if you remember that from nursing school. I will never forget that. Like, the patient has CF, they're going to have greasy stools. Um, poor weight gain and growth. Intestinal blockages, especially in newborns. They can get a meconium ileus. Ew. Um, chronic severe constipation, which can make you strain, which can cause a rectal prolapse, which means your rectum sticks out of your butt. <laughs> To put it nicely. Um, see a specialist if you or your child exhibit any signs or if you have a family member with CF. Um, follow up. You have to follow up consistently at least every three months if you have CF. Because you know, like, these kids are tiny. Yeah, they CF don't grow. people, are, they're small. Because they can't. Right. Because they can't absorb the nutrients. They need the to nutrients. get bigger. Um, let them know if you have any changes in between visits, like new or worsening symptoms, such as more mucus or a color change of mucus. Lack of energy, weight loss, or severe constipation. Seek immediate medical care if you cough up blood, have chest pain, difficulty breathing, or severe stomach pain or distension. Um, so the causes of CF are there's a mutation of the cystic fibrosis transmembrane conductance regulator gene. That is the name of the gene. <laughs> it's very technical. Which <laughs> um, it changes a protein that regulates the movement of salt in and out of the cells. Okay. So this gene changes this protein. There are many mutations that can happen, and those mutations cause the differences in severity. So it just depends on what mutation you have or right. how severe your symptoms are. Um, you need to inherit one copy of the gene from each parent to have the disease. So each of your parents has to be a carrier for you to get this. Um, if they only inherit one copy, they won't have it, but they will be a carrier. Um, risk factors to have C- CF. Family history, since it is inherited. Mm-hmm. Um, and it occurs in all races, but is most common in white people of Northern European descent. Wow. Yeah. 
um, complications of CF. Obviously, some respiratory complications. Mm-hmm. Um, damaged airways or bron- bronchiectasis. CF is the leading cause of bronchiectasis. It is a chronic lung condition with abnormal widening and scarring of the bronchial tubes or your airways mm-hmm. in your lungs. It makes it hard to move air or to clear those thick, sticky secretions. You're, everything's getting clogged up in yeah, CF. Everything gets clogged up. Nothing's moving the way it should. Um, chronic infections from the thick mucus being a great breeding ground um, for bacteria <laughs> and fungus. And they often get sinus infections, pneumonia, and bronchitis because you have all this mucus sitting there. And so then every bacteria passing through just sticks to it and you just get raging <sighs> infections. Uh, you get nasal polyps. Because the nose lining is often very inflamed and swollen, and it's soft, and it's fleshy, and you can get these growths Ugh. that develop in their nasal polyps. Boogers on crack. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have homoptysis. Um, that's caused because the damaged airways can be right next to blood vessels. Mm-hmm. And then you combine the damaged airway with infection, and you can start coughing up blood. Which is what homoptysis is. Which is, I'm sorry, which <laughs> The fancy word for coughing up blood. It can be a small amount, or it can be life-threatening. Um, another complication is pneumothorax. Air leaks into the space between the lung and the chest wall, which changes the pressure in your chest and it causes your lung to collapse. You know, the chest pressure, I never understand when like, I know it's negative pressure in the lungs and this and that, but whenever it's explained to me, I'm just like, oh, what? <laughs> like, I, I know we have to do all this stuff, but I really don't understand yeah. why it's like that. If you get too much air in your chest cavity... Because it's going to make the air in your lung deflate. It's going to collapse right. your lung. But why? Because the chest cavity is negative air pressure. Yeah. And then it and so when your diaphragm pulls down, it, it opens it up. When your diaphragm pulls Like, so you have a, like, Carrot just had to make this in school. It was the bottle and they had to put rubber on the bottom of it. And when you pulled it, it inflated the lung. So your diaphragm moving up and down is what's making your lungs yeah, open yeah. and close. That whole... It's like the thing. whole suction pressure of it. Yeah, it yeah. makes no sense to me. I still like explaining it. I can yeah. explain it to you, but it doesn't make sense okay. to me. <laughs> well, that's what happens. I know. I know. Um, so it causes your lung to collapse. So it's more common in adults with CF. It can cause sudden chest pain and breathlessness. Sometimes patients feel bubbling sensations in their chest when this happens. Go see a doctor right away. Go to the hospital. Um, you could have respiratory failure. CF can damage lung tissue so badly over time that it just stops working. Oh, so it yes. gets like chronically scarred and it can't do its job anymore. It happens gradually and it is the most common cause of death. Um, you can have acute exacerbation, which are flare-ups of respiratory systems and they require antibiotics and possible hospitalizations. And then you can have the digestive complications. Um, you can have nutritional difficulties. De- nutritional deficiencies since the secretions clog the ducts so digestive enzymes can't get to the intestines you can't absorb protein fats or fat soluble vitamins this delays growth causes weight loss and it inflames the pancreas um, you can get diabetes the pancreas produces insulin and insulin is needed for sugar control 20% of teenagers and 40 to 50% of adult CFers develop diabetes oh I didn't know that mm. Um, you can have liver disease. If the tube that carries the bile from your liver and gallbladder to your intestines becomes blocked because of your thick, sticky secretions, it can cause liver disease like jaundice, fatty liver disease, and cirrhosis. Wow. Um, you can have an intestinal obstruction. Um, 
you can have distal intestinal obstruction syndrome, dios, which um, you can have a partial or complete obstruction where small intestine meets large intestine and it requires urgent treatment. Um, there's reproductive system com- complications. Inf- it causes infertili- infertility in men. The vas deferens becomes blocked with mucus or it's missing entirely. Right. Um, surgical procedures and treatment can be performed to sometimes fix this. There's reduced fertility in women. They can can get pregnant and have children. They're just less fertile, and pregnancy exacerbates their symptoms. Um, other complications are osteoporosis, anxiety. Obviously, you can't breathe, and no. you're worried all the time. Um, depression, electrolyte imbalances, and dehydration. So how they diagnose this? Um, they use infant screenings, at least here in the United mm-hmm. States. Um they take a blood sample checking for high levels of IRT, which is immunoreactive trypsinogen, trypsinogen, <laughs> um, yeah, which is good. released by the pancreas. You could have a false positive if the, if the baby's a preemie or it was a very stressful delivery. All right. Um, so then they'll do a sweat test at two weeks old. Um, sweat-inducing chemical is placed on the skin and the sweat is collected to see if it is saltier than normal. There's genetic testing that can be done. Um, they will do the sweat test and genetic tests if you have symptoms but weren't screened at birth. Okay. So they try to just do the screening at birth. And just, they'll know right away, but they'll they know. missed it for whatever if reason. If you get a false positive, they do these. If you, you know, I don't know. If there was some other complication, they didn't do the test or whatever. You mm-hmm. delivered at home and never brought them. I don't know. They will do these other genetic testing and the sweat tests. Um, so treatment for CF is, well, there's no cure. There no. is no cure for no. CF. Because I think even if you have a lung transplant, it still can happen to the new lungs, can it? No, but it stays in your body. Okay. You have it. It's not just your lungs, right? So it right. just right. frogs so up everything. Other, yeah. Um, so there's no cure, but treatment eases symptoms. It reduces complications and it improves the quality of life. Which is huge. Yeah. Um, you have close monitoring and early intervention. It's needed to slow the progression, which can lead to a longer life. Um, goals of the treatment are prevent and control lung infections, remove or loosen mucus from lungs, prevent and treat intestinal blockage, and provide adequate nutrition. So those are the goals of treatment. It's not to cure. Um, the meds that they take, meds that target, that target gene mutations, which are new, and it's a major achievement. It helps improve the function of um, faulty proteins. Hold on. Like incre- it increases um, lung function and increases weight and it decreases salt, these new treatments. Um, they give antibiotics, obviously, because you're getting a million infections because of all this mucus ke- keeping everything there. They give anti-inflammatories. They give mucus thinning meds like hypertonic saline so you can cough the mucus up. Ooh. They use bronchodilators, which relax the muscles around your bronchioles um, so you can breathe easier. They give oral pancreatic enzymes to help absorb nutrients. They give you stool softeners. Um, and they give acid-reducing meds to help pancreatic enzymes work better. Um, so then they have airway clearance techniques because you have – it's it's all this – that's why we said lung disease. I know it's not a lung disease, but it's – It's always – The effects in the lungs are just awful. And we awful. usually see them coming in for lung for transplants. For lung issues. Yeah. Um, so this airway clearance techniques, which are – we used to call it chest PT. Mm-hmm. Um, there's vest therapy, 
they literally put a vibrating chest around a, a vibrating oh, vest around huh so it's like chest pt but with the vest but with a vest and it um is hooked up to like a little machine and it yeah. vibrates so it's helping loosen all that mucus so you can cough it up this special they teach some special coughing and breathing techniques like how to get a good breath in how to get some mucus out they teach them how to do this better um there's clapping and you used your cupped hands and clap on mm-hmm. the front of in the back of your chest when i um had gone up to alaska on vacation with my girlfriends i got a vicious cold mm-hmm. like the the guy next to me was like mad at me that i was sick i'm like what do you want from me dude i'm not get- i've been playing as a vacation for weeks so i got a bad chest cold and my girlfriend is a massage therapist so mm-hmm. i'm like can you do some chest pt on me she's like what i'm like Cup your hands. Cup your hands. And just hit me in the back of the chest so I can get some of the mucus off. It just helps loosen it. like, are you out of your mind? I'm like, no, do it. It'll work. <laughs> Please. Um, and also rigorous exercise if tolerated because that will help get the air moving and help you cough some of the stuff up. There are surgeries. You can have nasal and sinus surgeries to remove polyps and treat recurrent sinus infections. They can give you a feeding tube. Um, you can have possible bowel surgeries for... Um, the blockages. The blockages. Um, you can have lung transplants that does not cure. It does. So like you were saying, mm. you can have a lung transplant. The CF will not recur in transplanted lungs, but all the complications still That's occur. Still okay. Um, you can have a liver transplant because now you've screwed well, up your liver with that, all yeah. the digestive yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um. Fast facts for CF. Fast facts. <clears throat> 30,000 people in the U.S. have CF. That's not a lot. No, it's very rare. people are in no. the U.S.? One in 2,500. One in 2,500 white newborns are affected. One in 17,000 African-American babies are affected. And one in 100,000 Asian-Americans wow, are affected. so it's really rare to see an Asian yeah. with CF. Worldwide, 70 to what? 70 to 100,000 people have cystic fibrosis. Again, very That's small. Very, when you think there's billions mm-hmm. in the world with mm-hmm. it. In U.S., 1,000 new cases are diagnosed each year. 75% of new diagnoses are made before age two. Wow. Since 2010, in the U.S., newborn screening for CF is mandatory. Because I was thinking when they said this, I was like, I don't think my kids were screened for CF. No, no I know they weren't. <clears throat> but it's since 2010, they now do mandatory newborn screening. Um, there is no risk unless both parents have the defective gene. I'm defective, but I just don't think I'm not of that. that. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., one in 31 people are carriers. Most don't know. That That is a high number. Well, I think we are probably carriers of a lot of stuff we don't know about. Yeah. How many of us have had genetic testing? Right. You know. There are over 2,000 known mutations for cystic fibrosis. Wow. Fibrosis. That's a lot. Yeah. People with CF should stay away from other people with CF because they have different bacteria in their lungs and they can be very harmful to each Each other other. because, okay, I've had this bacteria in my lungs my whole life and this is what I'm being treated for, but my lungs are all screwed up and I'm a mess. If you give me your bacteria, I'm I'm done. Um, One in six people over 40 who have CF have had a lung transplant. Yeah. When I was working, I mean, this was a few years ago, we still had one of the old buildings going. We had a guy come down for his lung transplant. But I think what shocked me most about this guy, he had cystic fibrosis, but he had been running marathons mm-hmm. up until a year before he needed this transplant. Mm-hmm. Marathons. Yeah. I can't marathon with two, a set of good lungs. I know. 
and he was waiting for a settle line because so I was like, I hope this guy gets it because yeah. he'll go right back to just living right. a great life, you know? Yep. Um, 97 to 98% of men with CF are infertile. 97 to 98%. But because they don't, it's not meant to be passed on, mm-hmm. you know? But sperm production is normal in 90% of male patients. In 1962, the median survival rate of CF was 10 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now people are living with CF into their 40s and even 50s. Yeah. It is a... It is a... Chronic disease. It's a... And it's a progressive disease. Mm-hmm. And you it, there is no cure for this disease yet. No. But the lifespan is... It's much better. Four times what it was mm-hmm. in the 1960s. So mm-hmm. that's good news. They are finding new things every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it's the, not a it's not a nice one. That's for sure. No, it's... I mean, they suffer. Yeah, they do suffer. Yeah. So there is our makeup um, episode for you. Uh, yes, we hope got, that was okay. Yes, you know, <laughs> we try. Remember, yeah. we're we're covering many things, and they all intertwine. So it's not always easy to um, cover everything in the way we should be able to cover it. Yeah. So I have another reader's email okay. that we're going to add up. It's called "Funny Bee and Cup Story" <laughs> from Victoria. Okay. It's another. Hey y'all! Hey y'all! Hey y'all! My southerners, I love you guys. Thanks for listening and keeping us going. Um, my name is Victoria, and I'm listening from San Antonio, Texas. Ooh. I will say that's a place I've always wanted to go. Really? Yeah, it's supposed to have that river walk that's supposed to be beautiful. Uh, and yeah. I wouldn't mind checking it out. Yeah. Just wanted to say how much I absolutely adore <laughs> your podcast. Thank you, Victoria. I adore it, too. <laughs> I stumbled upon it when I was looking for anything nursing. Oh, so that's one way. Tell when you write, tell us how you found us. I just got accepted into nursing school. Yeep. <laughs> uh, good luck. And have been bringing in, have been binging since. Recently, I listened to episode 51. Getting buggy with it. When y'all mentioned bees and cups and I know I had to write in. Oh boy. That still, just the thought of a bee in my cup disturbed me. <laughs> Growing up, my sisters and I played softball. So every weekend we spent at the ballpark. One day, my oldest sister was sitting on the sidelines watching us play when she got thirsty. Uh oh. She took a gulp of her Coke that was in the cup holder of her armchair. And not only was there a bee right at the top of the cup, but it was flying around in her mouth. Oh. In her mouth, in her mouth, in her mouth. (laughs) She freaked, spit it out, and thankfully it did not sting her. Oh my God. With me, I would have been stung 42 times before it got out. And it flew off. To this day, we joke that she had her first tongue kiss with a bee. lol anyways just wanted to share absolutely keep making content i'm here for all of it thanks ladies victoria thanks victoria thank you victoria and i love that you told us where you heard us because sometimes i wonder what the hell's going on out there in the podcast world um so that is our month of this is what you need to worry about this month and if you want to donate this is what you donate to this month cystic fibrosis Mm -hmm. uh next week we're gonna be covering memorial day memorial day Mm -hmm. our vets god bless every last one of you and um we're covering some ailments attributed Mm -hmm. to vets Mm -hmm. and it should be fun not fun because ailments it's no it's awful it's awful and i've heard of what i'm doing like i knew what it what but like what's involved with it yeah one of our friend's parents was um, in Vietnam, and I believe because he was exposed to Agent Orange, he gets, like, certain type of medical care free. Yes. Because of it. And yeah, they like, do. You know, it's no joke. I was watching Forrest Gump last night, and I was like, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan would say, shut up, sit down, and then turns out, shut up, sit down. And I'm like, 
but they're they're traveling and to think you can't just walk somewhere no because you might get gunned down mm-hmm. and i was like I, I don't know how they came back and continued on with life i know when you're living every day wondering is somebody gonna put a bullet through you yeah. all right on that note yes on that note Have enjoy this gorgeous month of may that just started for us today because we're recording ahead of time mm-hmm. But I'm trying to see leaves on the trees and there's tulips everywhere, which yeah. is my favorite flower in the whole wide world. Um, <laughs> so enjoy these gorgeous days. New England, it's still 45 degrees in May. It'll warm up eventually. My mm-hmm. pool's supposed to be open in four weeks. I don't know who's going to be swimming in it. Nah, it'll but, warm up. But then overnight, it will go from 45 to 95 yeah. and that'll be that. So enjoy the days. Yes. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at scissors and scrubs and email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissors and scrubs at gmail.com